Hello and welcome to MORE, which stands for Midday Obviously Reads Everything. So, this is the podcast where I try my very best to finish the Hunger Games. As a self-proclaimed bookworm, it's kind of my duty. So join me and all of my guests as we try to read through the whole series. So sit back and relax as I do my best, my very, very, very best to read all of it. I hope I like it and I hope you like it too. So, let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of More. You know, <laughs> Midday obviously reads everything. I have new guests here. Guests, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, yeah. it's Maya. It's Maya. So, yeah, Maya, thank you for coming. No problem. So, yeah, we're going to be reading chapter seven. Chapter mm-hmm. seven, and we finished off where, like, the girl that she thought that she could have helped, but, like, she didn't help her because. You know, her tongue got cut off and the guy died. She was a traitor. She was a traitor. Yeah. She was a box, a box. I think. A box. A box. A box. A I'm box. not sure either. Yes. All right. So let's begin. <clears throat> My slumbers are filled with disturbing dreams. The face of the redheaded girl intertwines with gory images from earlier Hunger Games. With my mother's withdrawn and unreachable. Uh, and unreachable. My bad. With prim, emancipated, and terrified. I bolt up screaming for my father to run to the mine. Run. <laughs> You're already having issues. <laughs> already having issues. This is the first page. I bolt up, screaming for my father to run as the mine explodes in a million deadly bits of light. Dawn is breaking through the window. Capital has a misty, haunted air. My head aches, and I must have bitten the side of my cheek in the night. My tongue probes the ragged flesh, and I taste blood. Slowly, I drag myself out of bed and into the shower. I arbitrary. What? Arbitrary? Arb arbitrarily arbitrarily yeah (laughs) i arbitrarily punch buttons on the control board and end up hopping from foot to foot as alternating jets of icy cold and steaming hot water assault me then i'm dull deluged dull (laughs) deluged (laughs) oh my god there's a lot of hard ones in this chapter hard words come on please just give me like as i saw or as i was in (laughs) Delugged, whatever. Delugged, deluged, deluged. Where's the luge? The jeje. That's like the luge, like in the Olympics. Like the luge. I'm going on the luge. No, but it's L U G E. L U G luge. Yeah, so it's deluged, deluged. Like not delugged. No. Whatever. Okay. Deluged in a lemony foam that I have to scrape off with a heavy bristled brush. Oh well, at least my blood is flowing. When I'm dried and moisturized with lotion, I find an outfit that has been left for me at the front of the closet. Tight black pants, a long sleeve burgundy, yeah, tunic, and leather shoes. Yeah. <laughs> no, because this way, the way you spell burgundy, it looks like... The way that you spell burgundy. No. Burgundy, like, has an E or something. It's <laughs> <So> not. <laughs> like, burgundy. Like, you know? <laughs> You're missing the N. Anyway, I knew what it was. I, I have, like, a sixth sense or something or seventh sense to know how to pronounce words to know how to read no no i can't <laughs> that's not that's like my tenth sense so it's a little further down okay yeah and leather shoes i put my hair in a single braid down my back this is the first time since the morning of the reaping that i reassemble myself 
resemble myself. <laughs> this is so skinny off to a really bad start. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, no fancy hair and clothes, no flaming capes, just me, looking like I could be headed for the woods. It calms me. Hamish didn't give us the exact time to meet for breakfast, and no one has contacted me this morning. But I'm hungry, so I head down to the dining room, hoping there will be food. I'm not disappointed. While the table's empty, a long board off to the side has been laid out with at least 20 dishes. A young man and a vox stand at attention by the spread. When I ask if I can serve myself, he nods assent. I load a plate with egg sausages, batter cakes covered in thick orange preserves, slices of pale purple melon. As I gorge myself, I watch the sun rise over the capital. I have a second plate of hot grains smothering in, smothered in beef stew. Finally, I fill a plate with rolls and sit at the table, breaking off bits and dipping them in the hot chocolate, the way Peter did at the train. My mind wanders to my mother and Prim. They must be up. My mother getting their breakfast of mush. Yeah. I don't know why that didn't sound right. My mother getting their breakfast of mush. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Prim milking her goats before school. Just two mornings ago, I was home. Could that be right? Yes, just two. And now how empty the house feels, even from a distance. What did they say last night about my fire debut at the games? Did they give them hope or simply add to their terror when they saw the reality of 24 tribute circles together and knowing one could only live? Hamish and Peta come, bid me good morning, fill their plates. It makes me irritated that Peta is wearing exactly the same outfit I am. I needed to say something to Cinnabon. The twins act is going to blow up in our face once the game begins. Surely they must know this. Then I remember Hamish telling me to do exactly what the stylists tell me to do. If it was anyone but Cinnabon, I might have been tempted to ignore him. But after last night's triumph, I don't have a lot of room to criticize his choices. I'm nervous about the training. There will be at least three days in which all the chibis practice together. On the last afternoon, we'll get a chance to perform in private before the game makers. Mm-hmm. Game makers? Yeah, the game makers. The people that make the Hunger Games. Wow. The Who knew? That, like, design they the designed game. the game? Yeah. I guess the people that were like, oh, if you rebel again, this is what happens. Yeah, because yeah. every year the games is different. Like, sometimes it's like a desert, or sometimes it's like an ocean. An ocean. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about... Um, also, this is like... Um, what's it called? A uh, tangent? Not a tangent, but it's like we're going back to like the first few chapters. They're talking okay. about the old, the other Hunger Games. Right. One was like cold, so they froze to death. Yeah. Other one was like they didn't have any wood, so they couldn't make fire. Yeah, exactly. They froze to death. Or I think it was the same one. Yeah. But so the game makers. The like, game makers design. make the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. As the name states. As the game name states. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, just to give you the little 10 cents that you need. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of meeting the other tributes face-to-face makes me queasy. I turn the roll I have taken from the basket over and over in my hand. My appetite is gone. When Hamish has finished several plates of stew, he pushes back his plate with a sigh. He takes a flask in his pocket and takes a long pull at it, leaving his elbow on the table. So, let's get down to business. Training. First off, if you like, I'll coach you separately. Decide now. Why are you coaching separately, I ask? Say if you had a secret skill you might not want the other to know about, says Hamish. I change look with Peta. I don't have any secret skills, he says. And I already know what yours is, right? I mean, I've eaten enough of your squirrels. <clears throat> I never thought about Peta eating the squirrels I shot. Somehow I always picture the baker quietly going off and frying them up for himself. Not out of greed, but because the two town families usually eat expensive butcher meat, beef and chicken and horse. You can coach us together, I say, hey, Mitch. Peta nods. All right, so give me an idea of what you can do, says, hey, Mitch. I can't do anything, says Peta. <laughs> L-O-L. He said, I'm useless, though. L-O-L. Someone help me, please. Stop. No. Even with the podcast, I'm still being played. Yeah, no, let's do. Whatever. Um, Unless you count baking bread. Sorry, I don't. Katniss, I already know you're handy with a knife, says Haymitch. Not really, but I can hunt, I say, with a bow and arrow. And you're good, says Haymitch. I have to think about it. I've been putting food on the table for four years. That's no small task. I'm not as good as my father was, but he'd had more practice. 
I better I have better aim than Gail, but I've had more practice. He's a genius with traps and snares. I'm all right, I say. She's excellent, says Peta. My father buys her squirrels. He always compliments on how the arrow never pierced the body. He gets every one of the eyes. It's the same with the rabbit she sells to the butcher. She can even bring down a deer. This assessment of my skill from Peta takes me totally by surprise. First, that he would notice. Second, that he's talking talking me up. He's like his her hype woman. I yeah. mean, hype man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hype man. He's like, yeah, you got this, girl. Obsessed. Yes. Uh, what are you doing? I ask him suspiciously. What are you doing? If he's going to help you, he has to know what you're capable of. Don't under underrate. Yeah, don't underrate yourself, says Peta. I don't know why, but this rubs me the wrong way. What about you? I've seen you in the market. You can live hundred pound bags of flour. I snap at him. Tell him that. That's not nothing. Yes, I'm sure the area will be full of bags of flour for me to chuck at people. Not like <laughs> that'd be really funny, honestly. Just going around like, oh, yeah, this. you're just throwing flour in people's faces. Yeah. That'd have to be like a really light per or a hundred hundred pound. How much is pounds in kilograms? Uh I think it's like two. Like no, like fifty kilograms is like a little over a hundred pounds, I think. Okay, okay. So, so it'd be like two hundred kilograms. Two hundred kilograms? Or no, opposite. Opposite? I don't know. Maybe like a small child. So basically he's throwing a small child at people. Cause like how much do children weigh? Like children weigh like 80 pounds. 80 pounds. 60, 80 pounds. Yeah, so like throwing a small child basically is what yeah. Peter said that he could do. Sure. What if there is a small child? Because like <laughs> they, they put a small child in there as a weapon. Yeah. No, no. The weapon. It's like one well, of the like, you <laughs> He's going to recruit the He's smallest gonna, child yes. to throw. Yeah, so he'd be like, yeah, you, me, I'll throw you. Two birds, one stone. Two birds, one child. <laughs> Two birds, one child. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> Just, yeah two birds one child mm-hmm. yes okay i'll, I'll spot. hold on uh yeah he can wrestle i say hey Mitch. he came in second at our school competition last year only after his brother what use is that how many times have you seen someone wrestle to death says Peter in disgust there's always hand-to-hand contact calm back all you need is to come up with a knife and you'll at least stand a chance i get jumped i'm dead i can hear my voice rising in anger but you won't. You'll be living up in some tree, eating raw squirrels and picking off people with arrows. You know what my mother said to me when she came to say goodbye? As if to cheer me up. She says, maybe District 12 will finally have a winner. Then I realized she didn't mean me. She meant you, burst out Peta. Dang. LOL. Your mom's like, I know, like, I want District 12 to win, but, like, it's not going to be you. Like, I'm okay with, like, the sons I have right now. Yeah. Basically said, I'm okay with giving you up. Yeah. You know what? One of you will win. It won't be you, though. Yeah. It'll be Janice. Katniss. And I'm happy for her. Yeah. Happy for her. Even though I've been saying bad things about her like since the whole time. Yeah. Don't give that lady bread. LOL. Oh, she meant you, I said, with the way of dismissal. She said she's a survivor, that one. She is, says Peta. That pulls me up short. Did his mother really say that about me? Did she rate me over her son? I see the pain in Peta's eyes and I know he isn't lying. Suddenly, I'm behind the bakery and I can feel the chill of the rain running down my back, the hollowness of my belly. I sound 11 years old when I speak, but only because someone helped me. Peta's eyes flicker down through all my hands, and I know he remembers that day too, but he just shrugs. People will help you in the arena. They'll be tripping over each other to sponsor you. No more than you, I say. Peter rolls his eyes at Haymitch. She has no idea the effect she can have. He runs his fingernails along the wood grain in the table, refusing to look at me. What on earth does he mean? People help me? When we were dying of starvation. <laughs> when we were dying of no, starvation. No. I was, I'm trying to read it slow because I'm like, oh my gosh. So much W's. Anyway. So much W's. Alliteration. Is Alliteration. That's, that's not for me. No. But yeah. 
<laughs> so when we were dying of starvation, no one helped me. No one except PETA. Once I had something to barter with, things changed. I'm a tough trader, or am I? What effect do I have? That I'm weak and needy? Is he suggesting that I got good deals because people pitied me? Try to think if this is true. Perhaps some of the merchants were a little generous in their trades, but I always attributed that to my long-standing relationship with my father. Besides, my game is first class. No one pitied me. I glowered at the role as uh, sure he meant as an insult to me. After about a minute of this, Haymitch says, Well then, well, well, well. Katniss, there's no guarantee there'll be bows and arrows in the arena. But during our private session with the game makers, show them what you can do. Till then, stay clear of archery. Are you any good at chopping? I know a few basic spares, I mutter. Snares. I knew I the It's just not going great for me today. That's okay. That's okay. I know a few basic snares, I mutter. That may be as significant in terms of food, says Hey Mitch. And PETA, she's right. Never underestimate the strength in the arena. Very often physical power tilts the advantage to a player. In the training centers, they will have weight. Don't reveal how much you can lift in front of the other tributes. The plan for uh the 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 plan's the same for both of you. You go to group training, spend the time trying to learn something you don't know. Throw a spear, swing a mace, learn to tie a decent knot. Save showing what you're best at until your private sessions. Are we clear, says Haymitch? Peter and I not. One last thing. In public, I want you by each other's side every minute, says Haymitch. We both start to eject, but Haymitch slams his hand to the table. Every minute. It's not open for discussion. You agree to do this. You, uh, you will be together. You will appear admirable. 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 Amenable? 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 It's like likable. Oh, I see. Amenable? Amenable to each other. Now get out. Meet Effie at the elevator at 10 for training. I bite my lip and stalk back to my room, making sure Peta can hear the door slam. I sit on the bed, hating Hamish, hating Peta, hating myself for mentioning the day long ago in the rain. It's such a joke. Peter and I are going along pretending to be friends, talking up each other's strengths, insisting that other can take credit for their abilities, because in fact, at some point, we're going to have to knock it off and accept we're bitter adversaries, which I've been prepared to do right now if it wasn't for Hamish's stupid instructions that we stick together in training. But it's my own fault. I guess we're telling him he didn't have to coach us separately. That didn't mean I wanted to do everything with Peter, who, by the way, clearly doesn't want to be pampering up with me either. I hear Peter words my head. She has no idea the fact that she can have obviously meant to demean me right but a tiny part of me wondered if this was a compliment that he meant i was appealing in some way it's weird how much he noticed me like the attention he's paid at my hunting and apparently i have not been oblivious to him as i imagined either the flower the wrestling i've kept track of the boy with the bread hey she's saying he rich He has food. He has food. She does not. She does so not. So maybe in her eyes. Yeah. Rich. Red, baker, yep. money. Cha-ching. Gold digger. Yes. <laughs> Katniss the gold digger. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Well, not for her. Well, well I guess. Not for her. Well, yeah. well, 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 we'll see. We'll see. It's almost 10. I clean my teeth and smooth back my hair again. Angry temp. Temp- uh, temporarily blocked out my nervousness about meeting other tributes, but now I can feel my anxiety rising again. By the time I meet Effie and Pete at the elevator, I catch myself biting my nails. I stop at once. The actual training rooms are below ground level of our building. With these elevators, the ride is less than a minute. The door opens to an enormous gymnasium filled with various weapons and obstacle courses. Though it's not yet 10, we're the last ones to arrive. The other tributes are gathered in a tense circle. They each have a cloth square on their, with their distinct district number pinned on their shirts. Yeah. While someone pins the number 12 on my back, do a quick assessment. Pete and I are the only two dressed alike. Since we joined the circle, we headed uh, the head trainer, a tall athletic woman named Altala. Altala? Altala. Altala. Sure. Atala. I have no idea. Okay. We'll do that. Atala. 
steps up and begins to explain the training schedule. Experts in each skill will remain at their stations. We will be free to travel from area to area as we choose per our mentor's instructions. Some of the stations teach survival skills, others fighting techniques. We are forbidden to engage in any combative exercise with other tributes. There are assistants on hand if we want to practice with a partner. When Atala begins to read down the list of skill stations, my eyes can't help flitting, flit, flittering, flitting, flit, flitting, flitting, flitting. Yeah, too many words, man. Like, <laughs> it's a tough, it's a it's tough, a one. tough one. Like flitting, flitting. The vocab is is a high is a high level. Of <sighs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. You too much it. high level vocabulary. So much learning. I'll do my best. I'll do my best here. And the other tributes. It's the first time we've been assembled on level ground in simple clothes. My heart sinks. Almost all the boys are at least half, and at least half the girls are bigger than I am, even though many of the tributes have never been fed properly. You can see how in their bones, their skin, the hollow look in their eyes. I may be small naturally, but overall, my family resourcefulness has given me an edge in that area. I stand straight, and while I'm thin, I'm strong. The meat and the plants from the woods, combined with the exertion it took to get them, has given me a healthier body than most of the people around me. Exceptions are the kids from the wealthier districts and the volunteers, the ones who have been fed and trained throughout their lives for this moment. Tributes from 1, 2, and 4 traditionally have this look about them. It's technically against the rule to train tributes before they reach the capital, but it happens every year. District 12, we call them the career tributes. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> it's actually gum. That's so funny. For context, there was a little boy that was walking on the sidewalk and he stopped two teenagers and was like, look at my phone. And it was a play phone and it had gum in it. Yeah. He was so proud. He was showing it off. like, actually, it's gum. The the teens are like, oh, that's so cool. Wow, that's so cool. Shout out to the teens, you know. They're not all bad. They're not all bad. They're not all bad. Yeah. Um, the other tributes were jealous of us, but not because we were amazing, because their star stylists were. Now I see nothing but contempt in the gl- glances of the career tributes. Each must have 50 to 100 pounds on me. They project uh, arrogance and brutality. When Atala releases us, they head straight for the deadliest looking weapon in the gym and handle them with ease. I'm thinking that it's lucky I'm a fast runner when Pita nudges my arm and I jump. He's still beside me per Haymitch's instruction. His expression is sober. Where would you like to start? I look at the career tribute who are showing off, clearly trying to intimidate the field. Then at the others, the underfed, the incompetent, the shake, the shaky having, oh my gosh, shaky having their first lessons with a knife or an axe. Suppose we tie some knots, I say. Right you are, says Peta. We cross the empty station where the trainer seems to be pleased to have students. Yet the feeling that the knot tying class is not the Hunger Games hot spot. When he realizes I know something about snares, he shows us a simple, excellent chat that will leave a hum, uh, a human. A <laughs> uh, humming. Because <laughs> it was like the hype that I, oh, right. I thought it was like hungry. The human competitor jetting from a leg from a tree. We concentrate on this one skill for an hour until both of us have mastered it. They move on to camouflage. Peter generally and seems to enjoy the station, swirling a combination of mud and clay and berry juices around his pale skin, weaving disguises from vines and leaves. The trainer who runs the camouflage station is full of enthusiasm at his work. I do the cakes, he admits to me. The cakes. <laughs> he decorates cakes. Oh, I thought he has cakes. Like, like his cakes. Like, I do the cakes. Why? You know, like, I do exercise for my cake. Like, I do the cake. <laughs> yeah, like, made a thing like, oh, yeah, I have the cake. That's oh. what I was... 
Oh, like at the bakery. Oh, he he decorated the cakes. The baker sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, got the bread. You have the cakes. <laughs> to the cakes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, get out. Get to it, Peter. I asked him, preoccupied watching the boy from District 2 sending a spear through a dummy's heart from 15 yards. What cakes? At home, the ice ones for the bakery. See? There we go. We were just wait a little he longer. Yeah. He went the ones they display in the window. Fancy cakes with flowers and pretty things that painted and frosting. They're for birthdays and New Year's Day. And when we're in the square, Prim always drags me over to admire them. Though we've never been able to afford one. There's little enough. There's little enough. There's little. There's. <laughs> there's little enough beauty in district 12 though i can hardly deny her this i look more critically at the design on Peta's arm the alternating pattern of light and dark suggests sunlight fading through the leaves and the woods i wonder how he knows this since i doubt he's ever been beyond the fence has he been able to pick this up from that square old apple tree in his backyard somehow this whole thing his skills of inaccessible cakes the praise of the camouflage expert annoys me it's lovely only you can frost <laughs> only you can frost someone to death i say don't be so superior. You can never tell what you'll find in this arena. Say it's actually a gigantic cake, begins Peta. Say you move on, I break in. <laughs> <laughs> so the next three days pass with Peta and me going quietly from station to station. We do pick up some valuable skills from starting fires to knife throwing to making shelters. Despite Haymitch's order to appear mediocre, Peta excels in hand-to-hand combat and I sweep the edible plant tests without blinking an eye. We still clear the archery and weightlifting, though, wanting to save those for private sessions. Um, the game makers appear early on the first day. Twenty or so men and women dressed in deep purple robes. They sit in the elevated stands that surround the gymnasium, sometimes wandering about uh, to watch us, jotting down notes, other times eating at the endless banquet that has been set there, ignoring the lot of us. But they do seem to be keeping their eyes on District 12 tributes. <clears throat> Several times I've looked up to find one fixated on me. They consult with the trainer during our meals as well. We see them all gathered together when we come back. Breakfast and dinner served on our on our floor but at lunch the 24 of us eat at a dining table in the gymnasium wouldn't that be so awkward it's like oh my gosh like i'm gonna actually try and kill you yeah like in like two days like all of us but one are gonna be dead. all of us are one like count your days count your days you're but let's next. have a meal yeah let's have a meal mm-hmm. you know we're only enemies until we actually start being exactly. enemies yeah um yeah Foods are raised on carts around the room, and you serve yourself the career tributes tend to gather rapidly around one table as if to provide their to prove their superiority and that they have no fear of one another and consider the rest of us beneath them. Most of the other tributes sit alone, like lost sheep. No one says a word to us. Pete and I eat together, and since Hamish keeps dodging us about it, try to keep a friendly conversation during the meals. Not easy to find a topic. Uh, talking of home is painful. Talking to the present is unbearable. One day, Peter empties our bread breakfast and points out how they have been careful to include all types from the districts along with the refined bread from the Capitol. The fish-shaped loaf tinted green with seaweed from District 4. The crescent moon rolls dotted with seeds from District 11. Somehow, though, made from the same stuff. It looks a lot more appetizing than the ugly drop biscuits that are the standard fare at home. There you have it, says Peter, scooping the bread back in the basket. You, surely, you certainly know a lot, I say. Only about bread, he says. Okay, now, laugh if you want. Uh, you didn't say that. <laughs> you said, okay, now laugh as if you, I said something funny. Oh. <laughs> um, let's get a somewhat convincing laugh. Ignore the stares from the others around the room. All right, I'll keep smiling pleasantly and you talk, says Peta. It's wearing us both down. Hamish's direction to be friendly. Because ever since I've been slammed, ever since I slammed my door, there's been a chill in the air between us. But did we have our orders? 
did I ever tell you about the time when I was chased by a bear? I say, no, but that sounds fascinating, says Peta. I try and animate face as I recall the event, a true story in which I foolishly challenged a black bear over the rights to a beehive. Peta laughs and asks questions right on cue. Much better than this than I am. Let's see. Where are we? I don't think we're finishing it today, no. but we'll just finish this page. Okay. So, on the second day, while we were talking, a spear... Wait. While we were talking, a shot at a spear... Ooh, that says taking. <laughs> no Ellen there. Oh. On the second day, we were taking a shot at spear throwing. Whispers to me, I think we have a shadow. I throw my spear, which I'm not too bad at, actually, if I don't have to throw too far. See the little girl from District 11 standing. See? Little girl. Little girl. <laughs> Two birds, Good one child. Day. Uh, she's a 12, he's a 12 year old, the one that reminded me of Prim in the stature. Up close, she looks around 10. She has bright, dark eyes and a, and a stant, stantiny, satiny, 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 that was hard to pronounce, satiny brown skin and stands tilted on her toes as her arms slightly extended to her sides, as if ready to take wing at the slightest sound. It is possible not to think of a bird. Pick up another spear while Peter throws. I think your name is Rue, he says softly. I bite my lip. Rue is a small yellow flower that grows in the meadow. Rue, primrose, neither of them could tip the scale at 70 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah, he could, he could, he could throw her easy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so easy. That's what I'm saying. Power. What can we do about it? I ask him. Nothing to do, he says back, just making conversation. And we're going to stop here for today. Mm-hmm. Almost done. Chapter seven. Two more pages, like one and a half pages. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you, special guests, Maya, for listening to all, helping me pronounce the words. Of course. Because I struggled a lot with this one. But thank you again. And I hope you come to my podcast next time. We'll see when schedules line up. We'll see the schedule, when schedules yeah. line up. But yeah. it's going to be fun. We'll make it work. So yeah, thank you for coming. And thank you for having me. No, well, thank you having for me. having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But yeah, so all right, all right. Um, that's it. To tomorrow, <laughs> to tomorrow. Uh, t- tune in next time as we continue the Hunger Games. I have a new guest with me mm-hmm. as always. So thank you and bye. Okay, and done. And that's it. We got pretty far for today, so I can't wait for the next one. And. If I said something wrong, which let's be honest, I probably did, don't hesitate to point it out to me because honestly, if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you actually supposed to laugh at? Am I right? Okay, then I'll see you in the next one. Midday out.